Hi, this is Dr. Sean Handorp, clinical psychologist and health behavior expert, and this is the Motivation Made Easy podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you science-backed information, strategies, and inspiration to master your relationship with food so that you can feel in control of your habits, respect your body, and free your mind to focus on the things in life that truly matter. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've had years of experience doing research and patient care in the field of weight management and eating disorders. So I've had the insider view on understanding what works and what we're getting very, very wrong. In this podcast, you'll find practical information and tips based on motivation science, interviews from experts, and stories from real people and how they've navigated their relationship with food. My goal is to empower you with information, inspire you to make changes that fit you, and feel 100% supported along the way. So settle in and make yourself comfortable, and get excited to learn and take action for a better, healthier, more energized life. Hey everyone, Dr. Hondorp here, and I'm really excited to bring today's episode where I sat down with Tanya Shaw to talk about her, mostly her experiences moving away from chronic dieting and restrictive eating and obsession with food towards a really peaceful, sustainable, healthy relationship with food and her body. Uh, Tanya Shaw lives in British Columbia. Her pictures online look incredible. I want to go hang out and hike around her house. Uh, she has a bachelor's in kinesiology and also completed additional training as a nutritional therapy practitioner and also has a fitness and wellness studio uh, brick and mortar business in her town. And then she also helps women online. She has a podcast called the Fit and Vibrant You Podcast. And today in our conversation, we cover um, some different things. We cover really just some of the things that were helpful to Tanya on her journey. We also talk about um, the what she learned, this is one of my favorite parts, what she learned about holistic health from her experiences with pistol shooting. I thought that was really cool. We talk about some tangible tips to get out of the shame-based cycle related to your body or otherwise. And I think um, a while back, Tanya reached out to me and um, I am really excited to share her conversation with you today. I will say that like as from a health at every size, intuitive eating framework. She has done very similar things to myself and most people that I work with that has been most helpful to you. Um, we do talk about weight loss. We do talk about how that's a goal for many people. And, um, so kind of a, I don't know if it's a warning per se, um, because it's, I don't, I definitely don't think the way that she talks about it or the way we talk about it in this podcast is shaming or suggesting that you should want to lose weight in any way, but that's just a warning, um, but I think it's a really good conversation. And and really what I want you to think about, as, as some of you know, one of my goals on this podcast is to bring together um, different perspectives. And so not just to have the one narrative, even though I love the Health at Every Size movement, I love the intuitive eating approach, um, and, and Tanya incorporates a lot of that into her approach Um I just want us to make sure that we are hearing what works for a lot of different people. And um, you're going to hear a lot of similarities with Tanya's story 
even though she technically says she helps people lose weight, it's very much focused on process. How do you relate to yourself? How do you take care of yourself versus outcome? And that's something we talk about all of the time. It's not that desiring weight loss is bad. It's just that focusing on it is usually ineffective for a variety of reasons. And that stopping that focus and taking a very internal process-based self-care framework is almost always, I, I'm sure there's definitely exceptions, but so many of the people that I see have that long-term, sustainable, flexible relationship with food, have figured out a way to not focus as much on outcome and focus more on process and focus more on how they're showing up in their lives and the things that they want to do to take care of their bodies. So we're going to jump into this episode in just a moment here. Um, Just another warning. I believe there was a smoke alarm going off and I think it was at Tanya's house. I'm not sure. But um, if you hear a smoke alarm at the end of the interview, it's like the batteries might have died there. Um, It's not in your house. It is in the podcast and it's only for the last few minutes. So just wanted to say that. All right, let's dive in. Do you ever worry that you're wasting your life? I definitely did. In fact, I wrote that in my journal many years ago when I was in the middle of the diet binge roller coaster ride. I woke up every day thinking about food, my body, and what I would eat that day to quote unquote be healthy. The notebooks I had filled with calories and points could fill up a spare bedroom. Social events and vacations immediately prompted the thought they will notice I've gained weight or I need to lose weight by then. Deep down, I knew I wasn't living life the way I wanted to but I didn't know how to pull myself out of it. If this is you, I want you to imagine what it would feel like to feel empowered in your body and proud of your choices on a consistent basis. I promise you this is possible and it isn't too late. You see, dieting steals our motivation. It makes us ineffective and lose faith in ourselves. It keeps us spinning our wheels in a system that was never built to work. If you're ready to take that first step to motivating yourself with what matters to you, download my Cultivate Powerful Motivation Guide, which is quite beautifully designed if I say so myself, and walk through the simple three steps to cultivate motivation that works for you in 15 minutes or less. You'll get a simple formula to write one sentence at the end that you can use to motivate yourself on a daily basis. You can write this sentence on your bathroom mirror, put it on the background of your phone, or just read it and repeat it in your mind consistently. Look, I know how much it hurts to live a life worrying that you're missing out, not stepping into the person that you were truly meant to be. You can listen to the podcast all day, but taking that first step, putting pen to paper or typing on your phone is required for true lasting change. It's time to start living, my friend. So it's 100% free. What are you waiting for? Grab your free guide today at drhondorp.com forward slash motivate. That's D-R-H-O-N-D-O-R-P.com forward slash motivate. And before we dive into today's episode, just a reminder that this podcast and corresponding blog are for informational and educational purposes only and should not ever be construed as any form of professional advice. If you are struggling in any of these areas or trying to figure out how this applies to your specific situation, always consult a professional for guidance. All right, let's dive in. All right, so welcome back to the Motivation Made Easy podcast. Today we have Tanya Shaw. Can you just start by sharing a little bit about you and kind of your background and your story? Yeah, of course. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. 
Um, my name is Tanya and I help women um, over 50 who have been struggling with their diet and their weight for many, many years to find that happy, healthy body weight for them naturally, permanently, and without the obsession. And like many of us, like yourself too, our journeys and what we teach start from what we need ourselves. Um, I was always active as a young person. I loved the way that movement made me feel and it made me uh, want to pursue a degree in kinesiology because I loved science. I loved movement and um, did that. And it was when I got my first job actually in my early twenties as a kinesiologist that I was acquainted with isogenics and it was my very first diet. And for a lot of you people listening, they're like 21 for your first diet. That's old. Like it was started. I mean, I, I was weight conscious my entire growing up. I knew how much I weighed. I knew like, I always thought I was bigger than everyone else. Obviously it wasn't, everything was fine, but I lost seven or nine pounds or something in a very short amount of time uh, following the isogenics cleanse. And I felt great. And I was a smaller size and I was smaller than I'd been in a long time. And I loved it. Um, for a lot of people that will set off this on again, off again cycle of losing weight, gaining weight, um, always dieting. I, for me, it just started a very obsessive, restrictive relationship with food where it defined me. I weighed myself multiple times a day, did double workouts all the time. So I could maintain my weight. I had off limit foods. Um, I couldn't ever sustain it. I always felt bad about myself, my eating habits. I was always aiming for this perfection. It was almost this pursuit of always being the smallest size I could be. And it was in my thirties that I, it was actually from the book, the seven habits of highly effective people. And I thought about the, the habit begin with the end of mind. And I realized that I would be on my deathbed if nothing ever changed. And I'd be regretting not fully living, not fully being present with my kids, my husband, not enjoying my life because I was worried about the number on scale or how my genes fit or any of that. And it made me really just realize that I needed to stop. I need to do something different. And at the same time, I was personal training and coaching men and women on weight loss. And we did all these crazy 28 day challenges where they ate probably like eight to 1300 calories a day, depending on the person. Like it was way too low. They yes. felt crappy. They lost the weight and they, they would always remember reminisce and remember this one time they did this challenge and it worked for them, but it didn't work for them. It didn't work for them at all. They were obviously were not able to sustain it. And if I could regret one thing and I do like it's like, yeah, pursuing, um, you know, that and, and sharing that with my clients and, and having them do these crazy diet plans. And as a personal trainer, I also realized that so many other people have a rocky relationship with their food, with themselves, that the answer wasn't just, oh, I need to do a more stricter workout plan or, you know, cut out carbs. There was something else that was missing. And there's something also missing from also knowing what to do, knowing the healthier plans or healthier um, choices, but not actually doing them. So it was in 2015, um, around that time that I really decided personally that I needed to let it all go. My pursuit of perfection, my pursuit of weight loss, I needed to reframe how I taught, how I coached. Um, it was scary. And since then, I mean, now it's been eight, seven years, like 
there is no arriving. It's not like, I'm like, Oh, it's totally done. <laughs> it's a constant work in progress. I figured it out. <laughs> no, like it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's something there is no like, you know, little end goal or like we wave our hands off of this. It's, it's something that we're going to consistently work on because the other message out there is still pretty strong. And after years of doing it and, and the diet cycle, it can sometimes come up from time to time. So it's a, it's a process of uh, keeping going. And so that's what I do now. I started the podcast in 2015. I really started my online business coaching women in 2020, right after COVID, when COVID hit, because that's when we closed our studio down. And now I get to spend most of my week, my working hours with a fantastic community of women uh, from all over the world to work with them, to reclaim their health, to take control of our food, to start feeling good in their bodies and to get back to living their life. And I'm just love, love, love what I do. That's awesome. And besides, were there other like books or um, approaches that were helpful along your journey? It sounds like it was sort of a somewhat of a gradual process of it was it was the intuitive eating was the first book that I that I read that really got there and now there's it's more prevalent in like right now about there's a lot more books there's a lot more anti-diet books Mm -hmm. out there the message is a lot stronger than it was then which I love Mm -hmm. and that was the one and I definitely rejected it when I first read it like it took me a little bit of time to because I was hopeful I really wanted there to be that magic diet or just that I needed more willpower or discipline to stick with something and really realizing that there wasn't was a bit of a letdown Uh, you almost got to you kind of got to grieve that process a little bit and and let that go because you're hopeful for it for so for so many years Mm-hmm. Yeah, there can be a lot of feeling of hope of like, if I just control these things, I'll be guaranteed this outcome. And it's just more complicated than that. And of course, the diet yeah. industry would love us to believe that because we'll keep giving them a lot of money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to hear that, that, yeah, the book intuitive eating has been around for many years. And uh, it, it really has, it's not everyone part of everyone's journey. But um it's, it's one of those ones that a lot of people are like, that doesn't make sense. And a lot of times we eventually come back to, and so it's always interesting to, for me to hear that. Yeah. And you got to think sometimes try your own a couple of times and realize that it really doesn't work and that there needs to be another way. Um, yeah. and many of us just, can relate to that myself yeah. included. I'm like, well, I'll try a few more things just in a very non-diety way. And it's exactly. like, well, you gotta call yourself out and be honest with it. Yeah. You could try. I always tell people that like, you can try, but if it works for you, great. But like, it's learning to trust yourself. And, and usually there's just no, there just isn't one perfect eating plan out there. That doesn't make sense that all humans, somehow we'd find one perfect eating plan. That's just we just haven't found yet because it doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and we talk a lot about on this podcast about focusing on weight loss very often, maybe not always, but very often undermines our ability to get in touch with our bodies, feel freedom, peace. What has been your experience with that um, phenomenon, if you will? Yeah. I've gone back and forth a couple of times actually with this one. So when I, I mean, first of all, when I started, it was all about weight loss. I was like the sole thing. And then it became to like, we shouldn't talk about weight loss at all. And I've kind of found this middle ground now because a lot of women do want to lose weight. And I don't want to just say like, that's not okay. Or it's not okay to want to lose weight. Like there's, there's so much shame. Um, there's shame when we gain weight. There's shame when we want to lose weight that if you want to lose weight, like that's fine. That's totally fine. And you have that right. And 
maybe your body would be healthier. Maybe your body would be feel better if you were a smaller size. I don't know what that is for you, but there's definitely some, some room for that. Um, but it's about our pursuit of it and how we do it. And I like to think of weight loss being the natural consequence of your body taking of you taking care of yourself. And when you have a more peaceful relationship with food, when you're eating to fuel yourself for the most part, and yes, there's definitely going to be joy foods and you're eating for different reasons as well. And there's Christmas and there's other things coming up, but it's not this on again, off again, or food obsession and going off plan and eating all things or unwinding at night with all the food. Like when you start to just nourish your body and give your body what, what, what she needs and takes care of her, your body's going to get to an, the weight it's supposed to be for you. And it may not be the smallest size you've ever been. In fact, it probably won't be. It may also not be as fast as you'd like to see the weight loss happen, but it's really about keeping that perspective and first and foremost, focusing on your health and your well-being, and then let that just be the, the natural consequence. Yeah. I often, um, my theme lately is like, just again, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on your podcast, but focusing on process versus outcome is at least, I think that's what you're describing of just like, absolutely. Cause you, we talked, well, exactly what we talked about on, uh, when you were on my podcast, you can't control the outcome. You can't control the number on the scale. Uh, we can influence it a little bit, but you can't control it. And no one even knows what you're supposed to weigh anyway. I used to pistol shoot. Uh, it was my, one of my sports growing up and I never looked at the target. I focused on my stance. I focused on my breath. I focused on how I squeeze the trigger. I did this great meditation practice, um, while I was on the line, but I didn't look at the target hmm. and until I let the shot go, then you pull it back and you get some results and you see where you're at. And then you make me make, make uh, some tweaks, but you can't control what happens out there. All you can control is what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And that is so important because when you focus on that, you start to build more trust with yourself as well, because you can actually follow through on promises to yourself. You can actually do the things that you said that you were going to do because those things are actually within your control. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious too, for you, and it became less weight focus. What other things did you open up that you were focusing on? Maybe be outside of just what you're putting in your body and how you're moving. Right. Were there other things that you're like, Oh, I'm going to actually look at this now a little bit more carefully or just like any other things that would, yeah. Influence your health besides just, I guess it's sort of, I'm asking a leading question. Right. But um, sort of the idea of like, in my opinion, we get very obsessed with like this eating plan. Right. Or even like, my example would be like the Mediterranean diet. We do have good data that that's a healthful diet for many people, but what we don't often look at is like how the people in the Mediterranean region are living, which is more mm -hmm. than just how, what they're eating and moving. So I guess yeah. I'm asking a leading question. Really. <laughs> I'm like, what's the answer? What's the answer? Tell me what's the <laughs> I want to get it right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I looked at, I now look at health from a more holistic way than I did before. Like even before it used to be nutrition, fitness, and even like mindset was on there too. But now there's so much more to feeling good. I mean, one of my goals right now is to really tap into my feminine side and to connect with her. Like I, cause you know, for years I was very, been very linear and very, um, you know, work focused and driven. And I'm like, no, I want to like just sort of slow down. And, and I look at rest a lot differently now, but, you know, the importance of rest and mobility before everything was like, it was not burning calories and it's not worthwhile um, exercise. And I gotta say, like, sometimes those thoughts still come up for sure, 
but it's really about looking like, well, why am I doing this? And what's the purpose behind this? And, um, and looking at things a little bit differently that way. And also looking at the big picture versus just the day to day. Sometimes we get so caught up with, you know, that specific exercise plan or that specific, whatever you're supposed to be doing or, or was that your plan, but looking at like, what's the, what's the whole purpose behind all of us and it's for overall well-being and, and health. And is that serving me at, at this time? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. been really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Are there um, any tangible things that you've done that help you get out of that more shame-based thoughts towards more sustainable sort of internally motivated change? Yeah. And, and that's going to be not a quick fix overnight. Like that's going to be something that's going to be an ongoing process. And one book I read this year, which I really liked was Soundtracks by John Acuff. And he talked about the dial versus a switch. We often think that, okay, I'm no longer doing shame-based motivation, like switch that light off, but it's more of a dial. So you're going to turn it down. And sometimes that dial gets turned back up again, but you have the tools and the, and the knowledge now and the awareness to turn it back down again. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily want to change our thoughts and our beliefs and our even intentions, but we want to change how we feel and what we do. And when we feel things like the, like the shoulds, or we put so much pressure on ourselves or a lot of the shame-based motivation never allows us to feel good about ourselves because there's, there's always, we're moving the goalposts on ourselves. There's always that next thing. Those are triggers. Those are a bit of red flags that we need to start to challenge some of our thoughts and such challenge some of our, our beliefs. And while we like, don't necessarily want to, or we don't really seem to care like what our beliefs and our thoughts are, our beliefs and thoughts drive our feelings and they drive our actions. And so if we're always feeling like we should, and we're always feeling restricted, or we're always feeling like uh, we're not enough, or that I need to go do these things so that I am enough, like I need to go lose the weight or eat the certain plan or whatever, so that I can be worthy of what, I don't know, my own love or, or something like that. And um, then we got to go and we need to go and challenge some of those beliefs and, the, and those thoughts. And by surrounding yourself with more of the message and, and listening to other people like your podcast as well of that there is another way that there is other beliefs, there's other thoughts that you can start to practice. I think it really opens us up because so often we don't even know that it's happening mm-hmm. or we've tackled some of it, but then it still exists in some parts. So it's really this consistent process of under of, of exploring and getting curious and, and challenging a lot of these thoughts and a lot of these beliefs. Yeah. And the thing that's coming up as you're talking is really being able to say like, it's okay that this unhelpful thought or shame-based thought is still there and, and thinking of it, not in an all or nothing way. Cause certainly I hear that all the time. Right. Or this, this assumption, I'm actually amazed for myself at how often we assume people have it all together and that we don't. And, and like, I always tell people, like, I know for a fact, lots of people struggle with this or whatever area. Right. And for me, it's lately, it's like business stuff. I'm like, people all, they all get it. And it's like, I know that's not the case. I have lots of friends that are struggling in similar ways to me, but in the moment I'm like, Nope, I, and, and same with therapy. I talk to people all the time and I know people are struggling and yet our brains jump to, if they don't specifically share it, they must have it all figured out. And I don't. And so being able to say like, no, there's freedom in like being a work in progress. Like we all are. And, um, 
and that helps you to be kind of comfortable with the the discomfort of feeling ashamed or feeling bad about something or having a thought that's more self-critical, which. Yeah. And what you just said there, Sean, like those kind of thoughts, those are the ones that when you say them, like you just said that you're like, well, obviously not everyone else has it together. And that's the logical brain starting to challenge those thoughts. But unless you slow it down and you call it out and you write it down or speak it out loud, you often don't have the chance to challenge it and you're, you just act on it. You just feel on it mm-hmm. with, cause obviously like you're not the only one who's struggling. You're not the only one in this world of 8 billion people that is having some challenges. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have that. And, and you have the privilege and I have the privilege as well of, of getting to work with so many other women or other people to see that they, that they're like a lot of people do struggle. Mm-hmm. And unless you have that convert those conversations, you can often think that you're the only one. And that's also the power of having a support group or having a community work with as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I do want to ask you, uh, before we go to like some main takeaways, I want to ask you some of our standard motivation questions. So what is one thing you have truly intrinsic motivation for? So you do it for inherent satisfaction from the behavior, you enjoy it, find it challenging or satisfying in its own right. Oh, I got lots. I was actually thinking about that one today, even before I read these questions. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Most of my health-based, um, things that I do is all for internal uh, satisfaction, like eating, preparing a healthy meal is like, for me, I just, I, I love it. I feel so good. I just, it feels so good. Um, I just started, okay, this is new, um, a skincare routine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking about one for a while and I was actually at a, doing a summit a little while ago. And the lady before me was talking about how some people don't even wash their face at night. And I was like, man, that's me. I don't even wash their face at night. Uh, that so, would be me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I just I'm with got, you. It's, but I just got last week and like all the things from, you know, the all things being eco store here in Chilliwack and I have my four step process and I love it. I I do it and it takes like two minutes, but it's just a little moment of self-care at nighttime, which feels really, really good. Uh, Reading is one, um, cuddling with my cat. I love it. Love it. Um, I also volunteer at the safe haven, um, which is like like a cat rescue place with my son every week. And I could spend hours there. Love it. So lots. Lots of things. Yeah. Especially when you've unhooked from all the, the shame-based motivation, it frees you up for lots of internally motivated things. And um, in terms of our, from a should to a choose to motivation question, this is an example of a behavior that was always a should for you in the past. You might've struggled to do consistently, but you figured out a way to do it more consistently because you value it or it's part of your identity, even if you don't always love it. Yeah. I say exercise is probably one of those and I've always been consistent with exercise, but it used to be more like, because I needed to uh, maintain a certain level of, um, of weight or things like that. Now I think of it as, as an, I get to, and how honestly, how lucky I am and that human bodies are meant to move and I want my body to move. So I think of it more like that. And sometimes I don't want to go, especially because I'm an early morning exerciser. Okay. So we cut out a little bit, but due to some technical issues and internet issues, but uh, you were just saying that exercise has been something that sounds like really has moved from, from a should and, and really does feel like pretty intrinsic at this point. Is that right? For the, yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, having 
friends to work out with always helps too. <laughs> so that's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess there's sometimes, like you said, in the morning where you're like, Ooh, it's a little early, but it's early. It's early, but it's good. It gives you energy for the day. Awesome. And then, um, this is actually a new question that we're starting to ask all of our guests, which I'm pretty excited about. Cause the main part of our mission here on the motivation made easy podcast and the psychology wellness business is really to teach women to reclaim trust with their bodies so they can live courageous and connected lives. And I'm wondering if you can share one or two areas where you feel like you're more courageous and or connected since kind of jumping out of this ineffective diet cycle. I think for me, uh, one area I mentioned already is my connection to my feminine self. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is like uh, taking other, but also just with sexuality and connection there as well. And that was one that I hid from a lot because I was just consumed with body and things like that. And one that I'm slowly, um, starting to dabble into a little bit more. There's a lot of, I mean, talking about shame and everything like that. There's a a whole other topic, but there's a lot Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And so that's one area of my life that I'm working on right now and, and starting to show up for more, a little bit more. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's something that, yeah, it's very common to have a lot of shame tied up in it. And it's a nice example of just like, there's so many different areas that we can open up and create space for when we're not doing ineffective time-wasting things. And when I think of ineffective time-wasting things, I'm picturing all like the calorie journals that I have like somewhere (laughs) just completed. Right. And so just like freeing up the time and space to do things that might be uncomfortable, but also really consistent with your values. So that's a great, I just actually, am about to finish a book by Esther Perel called mating in captivity. Um, in terms of, it's actually really about, the struggles with like modern couples and sort of the ways that it can be challenging to maintain um, intimacy, not just sexuality, but sort of just intimacy as a whole and, and desire. And it's a very, it's a very good book. I am a big Esther Perel fan in case anyone's interested along that topic. Um, And then where can people learn more about the work that you do and connect with you? Thank you. I think the best place is the Fit Environment You podcast. I have a weekly show as well. Every Monday morning, I release an episode and that's a great place to learn more, to listen in, to get to know me a bit more. And um, yeah, that's the best place to get started. Awesome. And what is, is there any main takeaway that you'd love people to come away from this discussion today? Maybe like the thing that you found most helpful or just anything that you want people to remember as they walk away from this conversation? I think the one of the best things to think about is that, and it was a really brief moment that we talked about this, but the way that their brain works and that if those thoughts come up or if these old patterns come up or you're working on being kinder to yourself. And then all of a sudden you're just a jerk to yourself for a little while. That is not that it's wrong. It's not that it's broken, that you are not like your thoughts are not who you are. They just fall from the sky. And sometimes they're the ones that we want to keep and listen to, but sometimes they're not, but not to attach ourselves too much to them. And then we can redirect, redirect them nice and gently without necessarily just being so hard on ourselves when those things come up, because they're going to come. And sometimes our first thoughts are not the thoughts that we want to keep. In fact, often our first thoughts are not the ones that we want to keep. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. It was great chatting with you today and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Your time is valuable and it means so much to me that you're here. 
Despite the title of this podcast, many of our topics are not always easy. Change is hard, and let's face it, life and truly looking inward at ourselves can be uncomfortable. That's why I'm grateful. Grateful for you and your willingness to listen, learn, and keep an open mind. I invite you to learn more by going to drshawnhondorp.com or finding me on Instagram at psychology.of.wellness. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would be amazing if you could give it a review so more people can find it. Thanks, and I truly hope you have an energetic and inspired day. If you're anything like me, you may at times really feel like there's so much pain in the world that it's pretty overwhelming. And even though I do my best to avoid the news, it's hard to avoid feeling helpless at times that you can't do anything to make positive change. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's one positive change that I've made in terms of where I buy my books, and I'd invite you to do the same. Bookshop is a website that supports local bookstores near you as well as affiliates that work with them. So if you buy through the bookshop link, you're going to be supporting local bookstores near you in the U.S. and Canada, and you're going to be supporting my blog and podcast. It's kind of like a tip jar. Did you know that if nothing slows their momentum, Amazon will have about 80% of the book market by the end of 2025? Look, I have Amazon Prime, I love the convenience, but this is a super cool way that you can do something positive with where you buy your books and support some really positive causes. Make sure you check it out. You can find all of my favorite books about health and wellness, but also about topics like courage, vulnerability, and even some of my favorite fiction and kids books for the times when you just need some fun, downtime, or some meaningful stories. My recent favorite is related to improving the quality of our lives and the way we use technology and really doing so from a value-based place. No pressure. It's not going to tell you that technology is bad. It's just going to help you to evaluate for you where the pros outweigh the cons and where they don't. So if you believe in supporting local, controlling the things that you can, please consider buying your books through Bookshop and through the Psychology of Wellness link. You can find that in the show notes, or you can go to drshawnhondorp.com. That's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-H-O-N-D-O-R-P.com forward slash bookshop.